Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the World Soccer Talk podcast, the only podcast that focuses on watching soccer on TV, online, and apps. In episode 106, we discuss what we thought of ESPN Plus's debut of the FA Cup third round coverage, our thoughts on DC United signing with a streaming provider, League Earn plans to invade America, plus we have letters from you, the listeners, in our mailbag section. My name is Christopher Harris, a.k.a. The Gaffer, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. Now, Kartik, uh, let's dive right in and let's talk about uh, what we've been watching from this past week and what for you has been your highlights. What was the kind of the, the one game that stood out from the rest? I think it was, and I know there's just a lot of controversy about this, and I'm sure our mailbag will be full next week if it isn't already full this week on this subject. Uh, the FA Cup being able to whip around match to match, go from uh, go from maybe the predictable uh, result between a Premier League club and a League One or League Two club to that great giant killing to be able to turn on uh, the, the the Newport County match. Although that that was a standalone match, right? That was on a a Sunday, but uh, on Saturday to be able to ju- jump around to what is the best match uh, at the uh, at the prompt of my finger on my iPad on ESPN plus was something completely different and revived kind of an interest in the FA cup third round, a a, a competition, which I have a great deal of sentiment for. I don't want to, a lot of people accuse me of uh, of being disinterested in the FA cup. And it's because I've just gone along the lines of a lot, the way a lot of the Premier league managers are, a lot of the championship managers are, and the competition in general, losing a lot of its uh, luster in the last decade because of, um, and quite frankly, because of accessibility of those actual cup upsets that you then don't get to see the clips from for three days. But uh, this uh, ESPN plus effort, Chris, allowed us the opportunity to consistently see matches uh, at our fingertips or or if you have it on on, on some sort of other device uh, at, at the tip of your remote and really revived the thrill of the FA Cup third round for me. It, probably the best FA Cup third round for me since the uh, since Leeds upset uh, Manchester United at Old Trafford. Remember that? That was mm-hmm. 2010, so nine years ago. I enjoyed it, um, but it was missing something. And, and the part that was missing was that shared experience. Um, 
so so in some ways, I mean, I, I love having access to all 32 games, but the games I watched, Kartik, were probably different than the games you watched. I watched um, Shrewsbury against Stoke. I watched Aston Villa against Swansea. Uh, I think I watched a little, little bit of Blackpool against Arsenal, which probably some people, uh, some of the listeners also sh- uh, watched too. And uh, I watched Newport against Leicester, which was my game of the week. But that was a game on, like you said, too. It was at, uh, I think, the only game at that specific uh, time. But what we did miss was that shared experience. What we did miss was kind of that pre-match build-up, that halftime discussion, that post-match, oh my gosh, did you just see what happened there with Ackerton Stanley? I mean, or, or whichever club it was, it was it was Oldham or a lot of these cup upsets. So that was the part that was missing, that, that kind of the... I mean, everyone kind of being able to share the same experience, share the same match and talk about it and have, you mean, for lack of a better expression, that water cooler moment where like, like a Monday morning they say, hey, did you see that game? Wasn't it incredible where you mean, uh, Oldham was able to beat, uh, beat Fulham or whichever game it was? Now, now that, that's the challenge that uh, ESPN Plus has is that uh, there is no I mean, pre-match, half-time or post-match coverage. But Max Bretos uh, at ESPN did tweet out something and uh, he said, step one is to get the games up, which uh, ESPN Plus has done exceptionally well. Shoulder programming shows would be next. I am working with some folks to help out there. So that's good news and a great hint and actually kind of a breaking news there from Max Bretos is that they are working on having some programs to kind of shoulder programming to kind of talk about the FA Cup. But all in all, I loved it. I mean, for five bucks a month, Kartik, this is great. Having the choice of all 32 games watched live or on demand. The experience was good. I did notice for some of the games, they seemed to be in SD. They didn't seem to be in HD. Um, but for me, that was fine, and um, I enjoyed it. It was it was a really kind of um, re-energized maybe FA Cup uh, third round, and I think part of that too is just the the cup upsets. You know, seeing the kind of the, the the Davids beating the Goliaths that kind of restores a lot of the faith. But the ESPN Plus angle was definitely uh, a huge plus. Yeah, on the bumper program uh, issue, I, I agree with Max Bredos. I would also say though, ESPN FC has this stuff covered front, uh, uh, front to back. And the thing that's become so interesting about ESPN FC is as ESPN Plus acquires the rights to, uh, to, to competitions, whether it be the League Cup or the FA Cup or Serie A and then other leagues, uh, now that show has become highlights filled again, right? And uh, they're not having the same problems they used to have with the in in terms of La Liga clips. So they, they have... Uh, lots of La Liga highlights, and Fox has always provided them with Bundesliga highlights. So uh, there's now suddenly that show is providing uh, highlights and clips from everywhere. When a year ago, because BN wouldn't give them highlights to anything, they didn't have Serie A, they didn't have Liga, uh, they didn't have uh, the, they didn't have uh, uh, the FA Cup, they did not have uh, 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 La Liga, etc. So uh, qu- quite a uh, uh, quite, quite a change, not La Liga, sorry, uh, not not uh, uh, the FA Cup, the League Cup when that was on VN. Mm-hmm. So quite a change in uh, uh, fortunes for that show in terms of showing highlights and the analysis still remains very good. Yeah, the best thing that could have happened to uh, ESPN FC is, is ESPN Plus. I mean, now, I mean, in the previous, I mean, going back a year ago, Kartik, um, when we were talking about what, what we've been watching, oftentimes you would talk about ESPN FC and say, okay, I, I had some great analysis from Stuart Robson or from Dan Thomas or whoever it may, may be. And I think a lot of us weren't sharing that same experience because a lot of us, you mean, either didn't have ESPN Plus because it didn't have all the great programming it has now. 
um, or we just weren't paying attention to it. I think now I think there's a lot more people paying attention to it, and it has become the go-to source for for, for soccer news, for soccer analysis. Um, so yeah, it's great, great, uh, great work by ESPN, and uh, they're continuing to really carve out a market, which which I think in, in many ways too, Kartik, you mentioned this on last week's podcast too, the championship, there's a lot more people watching the championship or even talking about the championship and more aware of what's happening in the championship, talking about th- through social media than they've ever be, uh, uh, done in the past. So for the uh, EFL and the championship, it's actually a good a good partnership. It's a great partnership to have uh, these games streaming. Yes, they're not on television, um, but we have access now to more championship games than we've ever had before. So, so no, no complaints there from me. Kartik, the uh, Man City-Liverpool game, uh, obviously a huge match, uh, a great result for your, your City side there too. But on that Thursday, which was an uh, unusual time, day of the week to watch this game, uh, to have it played. But I must say that was one of NBC Sports' best ever days with uh, football analysis. Uh, their pre-match analysis was was fantastic. They went through, which is which is a rarity because they don't have the ability to do this usually because there's usually a few games on. But to go through uh, each of the 22 players on the pitch and give some really uh, really good analysis about each player, kind of the strengths and weaknesses, that was incredible. Uh, also having the pitch side desk there at um, at the uh, Etihad Stadium. But all in all, I think this really kind of showed the level that NBC's at, and it really leaves all the other U.S. broadcasters in the dust um, with their analysis and coverage. I, I thought NBC just did fantastic on this one. Yeah, Chris, uh, actually, the, the issue I don't think was that it was the only game. It was that they took less commercial breaks in that pregame show than uh, they normally do. Yeah. And they were able to go through all 22 players. They were able to toss it back. Uh, Arlo White, Phil Neville, and uh, Lee Dixon were at the uh, the pitch side desk. They were able to toss it back to uh, to Rebecca Lowe and, and team in, in, in the studio in, in Connecticut and uh, do that seamlessly without uh, Arlo White going through uh, the, the back line for Liverpool and saying, okay, now let's go to a... And uh, I, I don't know if they had a, a specific... Uh, uh, sale of, of sponsorship for that that specific pregame show, but uh, there were less commercials. I, I'm, I'm convinced of it. Far fewer commercials than they normally air in their pregame or postgame shows. And the viewership for this one was over half a million people, which is a, for a Thursday during office hours, uh, a 3 p.m. kickoff, I believe it was. Uh, 542,000 people tuned in to watch this on NBCSN, which, which is incredible for, for a midweek game, um, especially one that's on an unusual day, on a Thursday when most people are not paying attention to soccer unless it's uh, Europa League, if, you're, if your team's in it. But yeah, all in all, just uh, fantastic coverage there. Anything else, Kartik, from this past week that you wanted to mention that, that, that stood out? Yeah, I mean, I've watched both Real Madrid matches. Uh, they played Villarreal that same day as the, the Liverpool-Man uh, City match in Santi Cost- Cathola, great to see him fit, uh, getting to play. I, I know he's been uh, unhappy that even as he's gotten back to fitness, Villarreal has been sparing in the minutes they've given him uh, just because they're scared of him uh, breaking down again. Uh, that was uh, uh, that, 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 that was good. And then obviously uh, watched Real Madrid against uh, uh, Sociedad on uh, Bien on Sunday, I think it was, after the uh, FA Cup matches. Or was it Saturday? I can't, I can't remember now. And that was uh, a shock at, at the Bernabeu. And then also watched a little bit of Liga Mekis. The match that stood out for me was Monterey and Pachuca. Uh, Monterey looked really good in the first match of, 
uh, the 2019 uh, Apertura. So, or sorry, Clausura. Looking forward to watching a little bit more Liga MX. I'm traveling the next few weeks, but then when I get back uh, to the States, I, I'm looking forward to uh, to really kind of digging into that league uh, uh, this uh, this year. Yeah, and then the midweek, uh, which would have been Wednesday, I watched uh, Real Madrid against Leganes in the uh, Copa del Rey. And uh, with Andres Cordero and, and George Metellus uh, commentating that one for being sports. And uh, not the most convincing performance by Real Madrid in the first half, but uh, eventually they went on to win this one uh, pretty comfortably in that uh, first leg of the quarterfinal. All right, Kartik, let's move on to uh, TV streaming news. Yeah, so a lot of talk about this. Uh, I've actually written an article about it for another publication, uh, the Flow Sports deal with DC United. DC United is taking their matches off of local cable uh, for 20 some odd years now. They've been on local cable in the Washington DC area, uh, most recently NBC Sports Washington. They are going to sign a deal with a, a company called Flow Sports, which I have to admit, Chris, I'd never heard of before this. Um, it, apparently people who watch other sports, uh, non-traditional sports, uh, know a lot about them. Uh, it's part of a launch of a uh, flowfc.com uh, uh, streaming service, which will include rights to the DC United games, about 20 games that are not on national television, um, as well as Copa Italia games for fans in Canada. Uh, coverage will include live and on-demand com- uh, coverage of, uh, of the United games and some uh, bumper programming, which was a justification I was given when asked about it, when I wrote this article on the week, was that DC United was going to get a certain degree, a certain number of uh, uh, magazine programs and feature uh, programs, even during the offseason that they're not getting currently on NBC Sports Washington. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> that's that. I, I don't. I think that's a little reason to do this, but right. whatever. Yeah, my, my take on it on this is this: it's a, it's a short-sighted move by DC United to go with a, a really niche uh, sports streaming provider with no track record in broadcasting soccer, and it's hard to see really any upside here for DC United fans, uh, other than maybe potentially more revenue for their franchise. Um, we don't know what the financial figures are. Um, this is, as you said, Kartik, Flow Sports is um, this is the first time you know streaming soccer. In the past, I think they've focused a lot on lacrosse and a lot of really niche niche sports. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. If if you're a DC United fan in the DC United area, uh, this has got to hurt. You I mean this is another service that you have to subscribe for if you want to watch those games. Uh, I understand the season ticket holders will get a discount, but um, you mean an, an average person off the street? I think it's about fifteen dollars a month, uh, and for so little soccer coverage, really, except for DC United in, in the US, uh, it doesn't sound like it's really worth it. Uh, even with a discount, you mean I'm not sure whether it's worth it or not. And um, yeah, it's uh, strange this one because I, I, I would think that yes, if they are going to go with a streaming service. Uh, why not YouTube TV? Why not ESPN Plus? Why not somebody with uh, more marketing power? And, and perhaps YouTube TV and ESPN Plus, maybe they weren't interested. Or maybe it was that Flow Sports was offering more money. And if it does come down to money, uh, that's not always the best decision. Yeah, it helps your, your uh, financials at the end of the year, but it really doesn't help in terms of uh, helping the fans uh, be able to watch your games. Unfortunately, this just reinforces a lot of stereotypes within U.S. soccer circles and MLS circles about D.C. United. They had been seen as kind of the black sheep of the family uh, until Wayne Rooney was signed. And uh, and then they moved into Audi Park and thought, OK, they had a level of ambition. They brought Rooney in. Uh, they're finally opening their stadium. Uh, but this is a, a move back to kind of what has been the last decade of D.C. United. 
and and there are a lot of people scratching their heads around uh, around the the in the U.S. soccer world. In fact, uh, MLS clubs have in general been trying to get more and more aggressive about getting on regional sports networks uh, so that they're more accessible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's you know your local Fox Sports Net or your NBC Sports uh, Net. Uh, so this is uh, actually quite a departure from what's going on league-wide. Yeah, that's a good point, Kartik, but because you're not going to stumble across uh, a Flow Sports uh, stream of a DC United game. You might stumble across a regional uh, sports network's coverage or a regional uh, local TV network uh, of a DC United game and, and maybe fall in, you know, maybe not fall in love, but be, become um, even curious about it and watch it and then tune in next week and then eventually might become a fan. Um, yeah, it's not going to help their long-term uh, goals by any means. Next up in the news, we've got uh, Lee Gunn. Lee Gunn is talking about invading America, and they've got uh, Lyon, Monaco, Marseille, and Stade uh, Rene are reportedly interested in competing in a soccer tournament, a preseason tournament this summer in the U.S. to promote Ligue 1. The French League are in talks with relevant sports to organize this competition, which will feature two semifinals and one final. The U.S., India, and China have been named as priority markets for Ligue 1. Kartik, what's your take on this one? Do you think it uh, could be a success? Yeah, it could be a moderate success, but I think uh, they're late to the to the boat in uh, the U.S. and outside of PSG don't have any real kind of star power. Although they, there's so many good players in the French League that end up going to other, uh, uh, other teams. I mean, you just think about... Uh, the Liverpool-Manchester City match, and you think about Fabinho coming from Monaco. You think about Bernardo Silva, who might probably was a man that he came from Monaco, right? Uh, and all these other players that come from other French league clubs. Uh, but then they've said the U.S., India, and China, those are the same markets as, as everybody. In the U.S. and China, they're significantly behind the Premier League. Uh, same thing in India. Uh, India, interestingly enough, and I'll be there next week, can report on this. My understanding is the Bundesliga, believe it or not, has made significant headway in terms of winning fans in India, which comes as a surprise to me because my previous trips there, the Bundesliga has been virtually invisible. But I'm hearing that now, that they, that they've, their efforts there have actually bore more fruits than maybe here in the U.S. and in China and other places. So maybe Liga has a shot here based on that Bundesliga experience in India. Who knows? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a step too soon for Liga. Um, I mean, Lyon, Monaco, Marseille, and, and Stade Rene, um I mean, yeah, I mean, Lyon, Monaco and Marseille have some, I mean, uh, there, there are some fans in the U.S. based on those teams. Um, there's definitely interest in those teams. That, I mean, they play a lot of uh, good football. Whether or not people actually then will actually go to watch these games um, and, and pay t- tickets to actually watch these games, I, I, I'm doubtful of this one. I mean, I mean, maybe at Red Bull Arena, maybe they can put on a, a um, kind of a, a two-day event there. Um, I just don't see this as being successful. I mean, they, they definitely need to market in the United States, but I think in many ways um, it's a, a step too soon. Maybe it's just having more of, uh, maybe it's one or two uh, league on teams other than PSG involved in the International Champions Cup and trying to build uh, the fan base that way first before going out on your own and actually having your own competition. Um, I don't know. I just don't see this as being a huge, huge success. Last but not least, Kartik, uh, some other news? Yeah, so MLS has announced their TV schedule for 2019. Uh, I think the most uh, uh, 
obvious takeaway from it is that there's some flex scheduling the last three weeks. Uh, and in general, they're more midweek games because they're shortening the season. My understanding, Chris, is, uh, and I'll throw this out here now, that they will probably extend the season again next season in 2020 uh, and, and just start the season in February rather than uh, extending it on the back end. They've determined that they want to get out of December for whatever reason, that that's uh, hurt MLS Cup ratings and it's hurt uh, the, the MLS Cup playoff interest going through that uh, November international break and taking two weeks uh, between matches, which I, I get. So uh, this is a maybe a one-off year where they're going to have all these midweek matches. Uh, big takeaway is... Uh, 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 the flex scheduling for the last three weeks. So uh, they'll be able to determine Fox and ESPN the best matchups with the most playoff implications or supporters' shield implications, whatever it may be, and, and put those on. Yeah, and also, too, they've got the uh, the midweek games, more midweek games than before. Um, the other thing, too, is that the, so, so the schedule for 2019 is pretty much the same as 2018 in terms of uh, how many games are going to be on each network. Uh, 28 on ESPN, uh, 3 on ESPN2, 30 on FS1, uh, 4 on Fox, which sounds like it's less than what it was last year, uh, 14 on Univision, and then 13 on Unamas. So all in all, um, I mean, they're going to have a lot more primetime games on television, uh, which should generate more viewers. The challenge for Major League Soccer, I think, in 2019 is going to be a, a few things. There's no World Cup bump, bump in terms of trying to shoulder games against uh, the World Cup games. Yes, there will be the Women's World Cup games. Um, so if it's U.S. scheduled on that same day, that's a great lead-in for uh, Major League Soccer. Uh, if it's not the U.S. women's national team, then that's not going to be as effective. And, um, I mean, it seems to be fewer games on, on Big Fox, too. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think it's going to be a tough year for uh, Major League Soccer in, in terms of trying to generate more viewers uh, for their games uh, across the entire season. All right, Kartik, um TV ratings, uh, not a lot. We mentioned the 542 for the Man City against Liverpool, which is, I think, a really good number. The other number we have is uh, 405,000 people watched the uh, Fulham-Arsenal game on uh, January the 1st, on New Year's Day, on NBCSN. Now, Kartik, uh, before we move on to the listener mailbag, uh, do you want to uh, ask you to look ahead to this coming weekend uh, and to, to make a pick, make a pick for uh, which game is the must-watch game for you, and then I'll go ahead and share what mine is. Okay, I guess it's a co-one, Napoli-Lazio. Uh, that's going to be on ESPN Plus uh, for U.S. audiences, 2.30 on Sunday, 2.30 Eastern, excuse me, and then uh, Spurs-United, uh, which wouldn't be that interesting uh, being at Wembley if not for the Solskjaer Pochettino factor. I mean, it would be interesting because they're two good teams, but um, Spurs wiped them out at, at Old Trafford earlier in the season. I'd expect them in their normal circumstances to do the same, but uh, there's an injury to Lucas Mora, and obviously there's the new Soul Sky or United. So those are my two matches. Uh, sorry, I should have picked between the two of them, but um, back to back on Sunday, those two. So you'll have a good Sunday. Kartik, you, you stole mine, <laughs> which you didn't know what mine was going to be. You, you picked two. I picked one, which was Spurs against Man, Man United on Sunday on NBCSN and Telemundo at 11. 30. This one for me is going to be the first real test for uh, Solskjaer. Um, I mean, so far the matches they've had, the opposition hasn't been as difficult. Uh, this one is going to be a tough one at Wembley. So this one we'll, we'll, we'll get to see what Man United are really made of. And Spurs coming off that victory midweek against Chelsea in the League Cup. 
uh, are going to be feeling good about this one. So this one should be uh, a very fascinating game to watch, I believe. Yeah, let me give you a bonus one, Chris. Uh, this is going to stick in your stick in your craw. Uh, Cardiff and Huddersfield oh. on NBC Sports Gold on Saturday. If Cardiff get three points in this match, which based on recent form, we think they probably would, there is a really good chance they're going to stay up. And I think it was interesting. I was listening to the Guardian pod earlier this week, and Barry Glendening made the point that he thinks Warnock is now acting out like Neil, like traditional Neil Warnock. Because at the beginning of the season, everyone had written off Cardiff, and it was just like, okay, it's a nice story. Warnock, last act at 70, gets them promoted. Uh, now it's it looks like they could stay up because the, the bottom of the Premier League is so weak. Yeah. And now he's beginning to act out because – uh, it feels like they can stay up. I think they probably get three points in this match. And sorry, Chris, uh, they're going to be in the Premier League next year at this rate. So how does this work, Artic? We just pick one, you pick three. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I pick one. Uh, let me pick a replacement, and that's Leeds against uh, Derby County on Friday uh, in the Championship on ESPN Plus. And Leeds United in first place, Derby in sixth. But Derby uh, doing well, getting that draw against Southampton in the FA Cup uh, under Frank Lampard. They've been doing wonderfully well. In the championship and Leeds United suffering some some uh, injuries there. Um, but still, as we've mentioned in the podcast, I think last week, Leeds United to me is one of the most attractive, exciting teams to watch. Uh, I mean, anywhere. I mean, and, and that's just because of the way the style that they play, uh, the pace, the energy. I mean, the youth. They're just a really great watch, uh, and, and they let, let a lot of goals in too. So it ends up being a, kind of a high-scoring game. So that's that's my pick, Kartik. Uh, since you stole mine, Leeds against Derby County on on Friday. I think at two thirty Eastern. Yep. All right, listen to the mailbag. First up is Jason. Jason says, a follow-up question about Kartik's great point about the English Championship. Are you saying that is it is more believable that Ipswich can defeat Leeds United on any given day, which Ipswich is uh, bottom or near the bottom, uh, on any given day right, uh, right now more so than Huddersfield can beat Liverpool? Also, do you think the Football League... Um, tiers should reduce the teams from 24 to 20 teams across the board? Uh, well, on that last question, it would certainly make it easier uh, for championship teams to to rotate, to, to not have to rotate their squads as much. It's such a grind because you have 46 matches, but I don't ultimately think that's a good idea. Uh, the, the Premier League reduced to 20 because of a FIFA mandate. Uh, to, to reduce, they were 22 actually. They reduced from 22 to 20 uh, in after I think uh, it was the 94, 95 season or 95, 96 season. Uh, but I don't, I don't think universally that's a good idea through the divisions. And, and in fact, I think 24 is a good number. Uh, if anything, you have some teams in the fifth tier that are that are paying players. A, a fair amount of money. I mean, there's been some controversy about that recently. It's not just uh, relegated teams from the football league. It's it's other teams that are paying uh, pro- players, professional players, right, to drop down to the fifth tier and play for them, which has created some angst in, in, in amateur ranks. So uh, if anything, there could be more teams. What I would say, Kartik, is to me, the grind of the championship is what is one of the reasons why it makes it so exciting. So having 24 teams in that league rather than, than say, 20 le- uh, teams in other leagues, um, it does mean that some weeks you have three games a week. You have a, you mean, a Saturday, uh, Wednesday, Sunday, or, or whatever it, it may be. But that actually makes it more entertaining because you, your, your squads are stretched thin. There's a little bit more rotation. 
uh, players get injured and it does become more topsy-turvy rather than kind of having one game a week and you have time for players to, to rest and, and, and recover and you mean in some rotation but not a lot. Um, I like it that way. But what about his point, Kartik, about uh, do you think it's more belie- believable that Ipswich could beat uh, Leeds more so than Huddersfield can beat Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, Leeds has lost three games on the bounce, and they're still top of that league. Well, two of the, the one match was an FA Cup match, but uh, two matches on the bounce in the uh, in the championship. It's it's a much more competitive league um, than than the Premier League. Now, that wasn't the case five years ago in the Premier League. I mean, I keep having to bring this up, but there's this growing separation. And Chris, it's not just us talking about it. I, I've listened to other football podcasts. I m- mentioned The Guardian a few minutes ago. They've talked about it, that there's just this gap between sixth and and seventh that's opened up in terms of um, just it being multiple divisions, multiple leagues. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's unlikely. You do see upsets from time to time, uh, but not at the uh, at the rate you do in the championship. I mean, the thing about the championship, Chris, that is so interesting is that there's every season there is some team that is hovering near the relegation zone as you enter the Christmas period that by March or April is pushing for a playoff spot, and they usually do that by beating the teams that are fighting for automatic promotion. Yeah, so, and this year, of, yeah, this, yeah, this season it's QPR. Last season it was yeah. Fulham, Fulham, right? Fulham was uh, near the Fulham, bottom. Yeah, it was Reading a few years ago, if you remember, that was sitting mm-hmm. in the uh, in the bottom three and ended up in the playoff. Uh, and actually, Hull, keep an eye on Hull. They they've now begun that ascent up the table where they were fighting relegation until uh, mid December. Had a really good holiday period, festive period. They're up to thirteenth or fourteenth now. They might be that team. So uh, that doesn't happen in the Premier. Next up is uh, Greg. Uh, you'll, never, you'll never walk alone. He says, good discussion about the championship. You both hit the nail on the head with ESPN+. $50 per year is a bargain for their high-quality streaming and significant amount of soccer programming and other sports programming too. Yannick Ramke says, uh, since you asked, I have my uh, hot takes ready to go. Two comments. Number one, I don't think ESPN and BAMTech is, oh, ESPN plus BAMTech is unquestionably uh, the best tech stack. Just didn't have that marquee high traffic event with which everyone struggled. Number two, Turner Sports saying that there wasn't enough time to customize iStream Planet acquired in 2015 uh, for Bleach Report is weird. Decided early, early on to buy instead of make uh, over-the-top capabilities NBC's Playmaker, at least much cheaper than BAMTech, which was cost about $3.4 billion. Now, uh, to answer Yannick's first point, uh, BAMTech has been tested. BAMTech, uh, the technology that they, they're using, the streaming service that you're using, which is what ESPN Plus is built on, um, was HBO, uh, the HBO Go app, I think it was, or HBO Now. I always yeah. get confused between the two. But, I mean, the most uh, streamed television series ever, as far as live television, was Game of Thrones. And in, in the early days, there was issues with the streaming of that. It would crash. Um, in came BAMTech to rescue it, and, and now it's I mean, flawless and uh, no problems there. Same with ESPN+. Plus. It's very, very rare that you get any issues um, with streaming on, on, uh, on ESPN+, Plus, which is on the, the BAMTech, uh, which is now owned by Disney. Uh, the Turner Sports thing, yeah, it's a good, good point too about Turner Sports, uh, which is strange, kind of, um, that there wasn't enough time to build something, but uh, it is what it is. All right, Chad Loveday says, maybe I missed your observations on it, but I'm, cu- I'm curious about your thoughts on ESPN's decision to show the FA Cup exclusively on ESPN Plus and not on the main network. 
at least Fox prioritized the cup somewhat. What's your uh, opinion about this one, Kartik? Uh, I've up two minds about it. I, I see his point of view and, and agree with that to maybe half of me. And then the other half of me says, well, they, they're trying to build inventory for ESPN Plus, which um, is, is important. And I think uh, uh, is giving us great value as ESPN Plus subscribers. And, and again, uh, BamTech didn't let me down. I didn't have a single problem with FA Cup streaming this weekend. I'm constantly having problems with NBC Sports Gold, or I shouldn't say constantly, but I'm often having problems with NBC Sports Gold or Bleacher Report Live. So uh, I, uh, I, I kind of liked it. But at the same time, yeah, it, it, it's, 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 it's a question of priorities. I think they are prioritizing the building of inventory on ESPN Plus, whereas Fox at the time was prioritizing filling up FS1 and FS2 with programming after they launched those two networks. I don't think it was necessarily that they thought the FA Cup was some sort of massive event. Mm-hmm. Now, when we get to the final, that might be where we feel it. And I think we might have even felt it this week with the Spurs-Chelsea uh, first leg in the League Cup uh, semifinals. That match a year ago would have been moved to ESPN or ESPN2. Yeah, the FA Cup, uh, as of right now, ESPN is going to have all of the games, including the final, on ESPN+. And and while I understand kind of Chad's point in terms of wouldn't it be great to have some of those games on the main network, uh, to me it dilutes the value of ESPN+, Plus if you put some of those games on television. It's like, why bother signing up for ESPN+, Plus if you can just like uh, skip a couple of rounds and watch the games through ESPN or ESPN2? Um, so it's more of a business decision. Uh, with the League Cup, it'll be interesting because, um, I mean, now with it being on ESPN+, Plus, last year it was on ESPN3, I believe it was, but then some of the later round games, I think the final was on television, whether they, they switched that. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep the all of the League Cup games, uh, including the final and the second legs of these, uh, these semifinals, on ESPN+, Plus exclusively, just to try to basically elevate that and add more value to that ESPN Plus as a separate product. And at the end of the day, it's, it's still it's just five bucks a month, so it should be a slam dunk. There's still a lot of people complaining on social media about ah, I can't believe it. Um, I think Grant Wall was somebody this week that said I can't believe that these broadcasters are putting uh, programming behind paywalls. It's five dollars a month, and with all the access of all the content that you get, whether it's live games, on-demand games, ESPN FC plus all of the 30 for 30 programming the documentaries i mean for me it's i mean espn's losing money on on this on this streaming service and for me as a consumer five bucks a month i I, i'm happy with that raymond orosco says uh i'm going to summarize a little bit too because it's a pretty long one but he says i am trying to understand soccer fandom here in this country i i personally watch european (laughs) (laughs) it it, it is a good good point though it's a great question i mean i i know i know where i think i know where he's going and it's i have the same things go ahead okay (laughs) raymond continues i says he says i personally watch european soccer because i believe it is the best quality and i generally watch the bigger teams and care very little about relegation MLS fans tell me they like the competitive balance of MLS and dislike the European system because they say it lacks competitive balance. But what is competitive balance I've seen um, first with the Premier League, Real Madrid and Barcelona lose the, lose the last place team in Spain and the same thing in, in England where Man City just recently lost to Crystal Palace. And when teams miss out on winning the league title or finish in fourth place, most soccer analysts say it wasn't a performance against the top of the half table 
it was the points dropped by the bottom half of the table, I guess, in the matches against the teams near the bottom. Many of MLS's fans trying to use that the, the Kevin Keegan argument that it's boring, it's the same teams that win it, but Man United haven't won the title in half a decade now. And Arsenal hasn't done it in over a decade. And I believe it's because of the big teams you have seen so much more investment into English football, which has made it more competitive, hasn't it? Kartik, I'm sure you have some viewpoints on this one. Yeah, uh, first off, uh, it's been masked by Champions League the last few years, but uh, American soccer fans who don't pay attention and, you know, resort to these lazy arguments. uh, Real Madrid has been losing constantly to teams near the bottom of the table the last two or three seasons. I mean, it's 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 almost become very predictable that they'll lose some sort of crazy match at the Bernabeu once every two or three months to a team that's fighting relegation. I mean, that's how. Uh, how often it's happening, and and Raymond mentions it happens in the Premier League. Palace beat uh, Manchester City at the at the Etihad. We saw we see Barcelona drop matches like this. We've seen Bayern drop some strange matches uh, this season, in particular uh, at the beginning of last season, also. So it, it happens. It, it's not happening as much with Juventus uh, or, or PSG. Uh, although PSG didn't win the league two seasons ago, right? Monaco did. So there is more competitiveness than the American fan. Uh, maybe give credit for. Now, on the MLS competitive front, I personally like more competitive leagues than less competitive leagues. We've talked about the championship. I do think there are competition issues within the Premier League. But Major League Soccer has an enforced parity, which has forced, uh, which has essentially stripped potential super clubs of their ability to be that team uh, that, that, that teams want to upset, other sides want to upset. So, you say that there's a lot of, we're saying there's upsets all the time with Real Madrid losing matches uh, to smaller teams, to teams fighting relegation. We don't know what an upset is in Major League Soccer or is it, right? Because mm-hmm. there's such enforced parity. Now, my hope is, and again, I know I'm going to offend a lot of people because they're, they're, most MLS fans outside of Atlanta or outside of the Southeast are jealous of Atlanta United. Uh, and it comes up all the time in conversation. And, the, you know, critiques are, ma- uh, they mask their jealousy with, with critiques. But uh, I think the best thing for MLS will be if, M- if Atlanta continues to ascend. They become that super club. They become that Manchester United. They become that Bayern. They become that uh, Juventus. And everybody's taking a shot at them. And then when they do lose, because of the, the enforced competitiveness of MLS, then um, it'll be a bigger event and it'll be better for the league. So, yeah, I agree with Raymond. I, I, th- these arguments just, they, 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 they bother me to death because I believe in competitiveness. I've said that with the championship. That's why I, love, I prefer the championship right now to the Premier League. But MLS, it's a whole different level of com- uh, you know, enforced parity and, and, and lazy stereotypical arguments about competition. I always find the the argument of parity, which I mean, I think Alexi Lalas is probably the, the, the number one uh, person that, that talks about parity, and that's one of the reasons he loves Major League Soccer so much. But I always find it strange because I mean, it, during the course of a regular season, just a regular season, I mean, t- for 2019, more than 50 percent of the teams will actually qualify for the playoffs. So you could, I mean, kind of just be motoring along losing a bunch of games, winning a, winning a couple here, losing a bunch more, winning a few more, and, and end up in the playoffs. It's only at the playoffs, really, where it then becomes... I mean, it's, it's a knockout competition at that point, which that's when the Major League Soccer becomes interesting. That's when it becomes entertaining. Is kind of usually from September through till you know, December or November in the case of 2019. That, that's when it becomes exciting. That's when it becomes... Uh, the parity is there then. Then it's that you have all teams 
I mean, from whether it's lower in the conference or from a different conference or higher up in the conference, wherever it may be, then then it's a crapshoot. Then it's Russian roulette, and then it becomes exciting. But for the season itself, where I mean, again, over fifty percent of the teams qualify for the playoffs. I mean, that parity is relatively meaningless because I mean, I mean, the Colorado, Colorado Rapids, which is an awful team. Uh, could possibly make the playoffs, and at that point, then things get exciting. But for the rest of the regular season, it's there isn't many reasons to watch it, in my opinion. Anthony Bello says, "Hi guys, I hope you had a f- happy festive period. Anyway, I have just listened to your podcast and would like to counter most of your arguments. A disclaimer: Sure, before NBC Sports Gold, a lot of people got." Uh, extra time, but I wasn't one of them. My cable company didn't pick up the extra time channels and didn't want to. So despite the fact I was paying for an NBC SN subscription, I wasn't getting the full value for it. Now to my hot takes. First, I believe when it comes to Serie A, ESPN does the same thing NBC does with the Premier League. If the game is on a ESPN network, you cannot get it on ESPN Plus. Also, what is the difference between the two services? Both are à la carte. Both are made for cord cutters. You don't need a cable subscription to get them. As for the pricing system, a lot of sports subscriptions are sold on a season basis instead of a month to month. That is what every every North American league does uh, with their out of market packages. ESPN Plus and DAZN can sell their service on a monthly basis because they have a lot of different sports on their platforms. Personally, I would rather pay a lump sum for the entire season and get it over with. Meanwhile, the ESPN Plus app has uh, logged me out on multiple occasions. I don't think that has ever happened with NBC Sports Gold. Also with NBC, you know the biggest games are going to be on television, unlike with ESPN, who is probably going to put the entire FA Cup behind a paywall. Heck, they are showing rugby matches on ESPN2 on Saturday mornings instead of the FA Cup. Not only that, but more than likely, uh, all you're going to get is the game. There's going to be no studio wrap around uh, programming in ESPN Plus FA Cup coverage. From what I am seeing, ESPN is not uh, doing the same thing. NBC is doing, and they are worse. Uh, they are making me pay more, more for games at a higher price on a payment schedule I don't like with less of the bells and whistles. How can you guys be okay with ESPN doing what they were doing and not be okay with NBC doing the same thing? So I've got a lot to get to there, Kartik. Uh, I still think that ESPN Plus and NBC Sports Gold, uh, while there are similarities, there are differences. I mean, with ESPN Plus, you have access to probably about nine or ten different soccer leagues from around the world. It's not just the competitions like the FA Cup or the League Cup, but you've got Serie A, you've got uh, the Chinese uh, Super League, you've got the Eredivisie, you've got the Championship, uh, so on and so forth, uh, UEFA Nations League. You get MLS Live, actually, you know, which used to be uh, a, uh, a much more expensive pay service. You get that also. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 going to Anthony's point about kind of the... Uh, uh, season paying for the entire season rather than a month to month. I understand where he's coming from. Um, my concern with that is signing up for a season package. Is sometimes you don't know the quality of the service. So, for example, a lot of people signed up for BR Live back in August and said, "Okay, I'm going to go with the season package. It's cheaper, and uh, that, that way I've got got it for the entire season." Nobody knew 
as far as um, BR Live, what the quality of that service was going to be. And they've had problems. They've had crashes. And I think there's been some people that have had regrets of signing up for the, the entire season and getting stuck with with a streaming service that there's really not good enough. Uh, they've corrected those issues, and I think by this stage now that they're fine. There's always th- mistakes that are going to be going to happen. But that's my concern with the, the season package, and that's why I, li- I like the month to month because I can say, hey, you mean for the month of uh, you mean if I'm going away on vacation for a, a few weeks, if I want to, I can go ahead and uh, cancel that subscription and then renew it uh, after I get back. Kartik, any any other points you want to address? A lot of hot takes there from uh, from Anthony. Yeah, I think Anthony's perspective is a little different than mine, partly because he didn't have live extra with his cable company. I think that makes all the difference because now he has access to those games via gold, which he didn't have access to before. Uh, from my perspective, those are matches I had for free. They're not really free because you pay for NBCSN, whatever. You pay for your cable system. But uh, in my mind, at least uh, – uh, I had them for free, and now I'm paying for them. So I think that that's a big part of uh, it. Uh, as far as being logged in and logged out on ESPN Plus versus NBC Sports Gold, it's kind of funny. It's the exact opposite thing uh, for me. Now, in fact, it was so bad with NBC Sports Gold, I couldn't remember my password. Turned out I had a really simple password, but uh, I couldn't remember my password earlier in the season, and I couldn't get in, and they were, you know, it sent me a code, and I ended up just not using it for like a month or two. Um, and with ESPN, they've made it, you know, it's almost too remarkably easy. I opened my ESPN app and right there, uh, like for example, yesterday I opened my ESPN app. You would think the first thing you would see is some NBA or NFL or something. First thing I see is because they know my preferences, Burton versus Manchester city. Here is the live broadcast, um, on the on the news portion of the app, not even I didn't even have to go to watch uh, the watch tab or to the ESPN Plus tab. Uh, it's um, it's built in, so I just maybe it's personal preference. I just like it better. I like the way it's integrated. Now, this, this having been said, Chris, and you've reported this already, NBC Sports Gold will be uh, folded into the NBC Sports app at some point this year, 2019. And my guess is when that happens, it'll be similar in the way they deliver the content to ESPN. But as of now, it's not like that. It's, it's a completely different mm-hmm. thing and logs me out at times and it seems kind of clunky. I will mention one thing that uh, Anthony d- did say, which is that uh, both ESPN Plus and NBC Sports Gold, in his uh, views, are cord-cutting solutions. And to me, as a cord-cutter, they're not because both of them are very similar in, in that respect where if you want to have access to every single Serie R game, you have to have ESPN or ESPN2 through your cable or, or through a streaming service on top of ESPN Plus. And the same thing for NBC Sports Gold. If you want to have access to all the Premier League matches, you need NBC Sports Gold plus access to NBCSN, CNBC, uh, and over the air NBC channel in order to have access to everything. So that is one one example where uh, they are similar. Uh, John Average Geek finally says, uh, well, while I would like less soccer behind paywalls, I understand why it is. Uh, do rugby, UFC, boxing fans complain about paywalls as much as soccer fans? Why do we feel so entitled? Even yeah, NBA, NHL, N- MLB, NFL have the majority of games behind paywalls. And I agree with John here. I think it's one of those things that Grant Wall this week complaining about uh, having uh, all these games behind uh, paywalls. Uh, obviously, none of us would like to, well, all of us would li- love to have soccer on I mean, over-the-air, free-to-air free television on our NBC, ABC, CBS, and, and Fox channels. 
that's not going to happen. And as the rights fees go up and up and up, I mean, the Premier League's a perfect example of that. A billion dollars for the rights fees to uh, show the Premier League on NBC. NBC had to pay that money for, I think, six years. You mean somebody has to pay for that? Yes, there's advertising. But with the advertising, they're, they're continually looking for ways to monetize and to to be able to pay for these rights. And, and I agree with John here, too, is that why do we as soccer fans feel so entitled? Uh, it just seems like we're a bunch of uh, complainers at times. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's weird because at one time we were used to just going to great lengths to find matches. I don't. But, yeah, it, it, I guess it does seem like we're entitled at times, doesn't it? Yeah, and a lot of the comparisons go back to Fox Soccer Channel. A lot of people say, like, wow, wouldn't it be great to go back to what Fox Soccer Channel was? And we have to remember that, yes, Fox Soccer Channel was great uh, back in the heyday, but it didn't have a ton of coverage. I mean, it had far fewer Premier League games. Usually it would have maybe three a weekend, sometimes four a weekend. And there'd be like one on Fox Soccer Plus, right? That uh, yeah, maybe. well, even before the, even before that, I mean, uh, when it was just the, I guess uh, it depends which stage of the Fox Soccer Channel. But before they had so- Fox Soccer Plus, uh, before you know, you had to have Satanta too, so you'd have to have Fox Soccer Channel plus Satanta, um, and then you wouldn't have access to a ton of the games that we have now. Now we have access to every single match that's been kicked off practically from any major league from around the world. And going back to the Fox Soccer Channel days, you had a few Premier League games. You had sometimes a game from La Liga, maybe, uh, which was on Gold TV. I mean, it would be very, very few. You wouldn't be able to see the games. Now you have access to everything. If you want to have access to everything, you have to pay for it. And I think for the vast majority of soccer fans, we don't mind that as long as we're getting good service and good value. And a lot of these streaming services, we are getting good value and and, and quality streams too. Not all of them are the same, but uh, times have changed. Yeah, for sure. All right. So you can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com to share your viewpoints, uh, whether you agree or disagree with us or have some hot takes or want some advice on streaming or uh, watching your favorite club or league on television. Uh, Plus, you can also reach us through uh, facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk. Plus, of course, you can always post your comments on our website, worldsoccertalk.com. Now, Kartik, uh, if they want to reach out to you and kind of find out uh, about your travels or your opinions or your appearances on Talk Sports or Sirius XM, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at KKFLA737. All right. Well, thank you for listening. You can get a new episode of the World Soccer Talk podcast every Thursday. Every episode is released on SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Audioboom, and WorldSoccerTalk.com. If you like the show, share it with your friends on social media and give us a review on iTunes. And Kartik, heading into another weekend of football, what should they do? Enjoy your football. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.